lime salsa? That's the kind of bold flavor they enjoy in Albuquerque! He's right! Yeah, and a rapper says Albuquerque isotopes. Omar was right! Hi there, I am Paul Caputo, and this is Baseball by Design, where we talk about minor league baseball, logos and nicknames, and the stories behind them, and tell the unique story of the communities where minor league baseball is played. I'm thrilled today to be speaking with Albuquerque Isotopes general manager, John Tropp, who has been with that franchise since before they were even the Isotopes and before they were even in Albuquerque. We're going to be talking about one of the most fun nicknames in all of minor league baseball, one of the most fun logos, uh, and one of the absolute founders of this age of the awesome, fun minor league baseball logo and nickname. So, John, thank you so much for being here. It's a thrill to be talking about the Albuquerque Isotopes. It's great to be on with you, Paul. Thanks for your interest. Thanks for your interest in minor league baseball as well. Well, thank you. It's, it's brought so much fun and, uh, to, to local communities and, and baseball fans everywhere. I live in Fort Collins, Colorado, so I can actually get down to Albuquerque in about seven hours. I've been to the Isotopes four times, except one of them was rained out. So one of them was a 4th of July game that set a record for attendance. And another one was when you were all were playing as the mariachis. So I have gotten to see some, some great minor league baseball in, in Albuquerque. But I just want to I just want to set the stage here. Uh, it's in 2001. The Albuquerque Dukes left Albuquerque, and there was a void in the city that was filled by the Calgary Cannons, the team that you were with at the time. After the Dukes left, right around that time in 2001, there was an episode of The Simpsons called "Hungry Hungry Homer," in which Homer discovers that the the Duff Beer Company is going to try to move the Springfield Isotopes to Albuquerque, and he stages a hunger strike in which he basically chains himself into center field to protest the Springfield Isotopes moving to Albuquerque. Shortly thereafter, in 2003, Albuquerque, New Mexico, in real life, gets a minor league baseball team. They have a name the team contest. And John, I would like you to take it from here, if you would. Paul, you're doing a great job with this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the so actually in the uh, summer of 2002, I think it was, the daily newspaper in Albuquerque called the Albuquerque Tribune did a name the team contest. And they've got they got a well over 150,000 uh, responses to the name the team contest. And the five finalists were obviously isotopes, Dukes, in homage to the team that had been here before, Adams, A-T-O-M-S, because the the science uh, industry here with the national labs, uh, Roadrunners for the state bird, and 66ers, because we're right on Route 66. So those were the five finalists. And uh, 57% of the vote that came in uh, was cast in favor of the isotopes. And that was right along the same time as the uh, Simpsons episode where uh, where Homer was protesting the move of the team. So in real life, the team moved in, in TV land. Uh, the Homer was successful with his strike and uh, the, the Springfield isotopes did not move. But in real life, the Calgary Cannons did move, came to Albuquerque and now we're entering our 20th year here uh, in 2022. 
you know, one of the things if, when fans go to a, a game in Albuquerque is that they'll notice you've got the, you know, Simpson statues there. I, I have, I have photos of my children sitting with, you know, Bart and Lisa. And I think there's a Marge and obviously there's a Homer. I bought my brother a t-shirt that had isotopes sort of in the Springfield font with like the sky blue that they do as, as part of their identity. But you don't, sure. you don't have a formal relationship with the TV show, so far as I understand. So our relationship is actually with, well, forever it was with Fox. And I guess now since Disney purchased Fox, I guess technically it's with Disney. Uh, but we have a licensing agreement that allows us to be called uh, the isotopes. Uh, we've, we've, uh, I've established a relationship with uh, some of the people involved with the TV show, uh, but anything we wanted to do or any expansion on an agreement or anything like that, that actually goes through uh, the, the uh, uh, through Disney now. So uh, we've tried to do a few things along the, along the lines of, of expanding the relationship with the Simpsons. And um, sometimes we think we get close. And I mean, there's so much to it that, you know, the Simpsons is still going strong and, and they've been very, very protective of their own brand. So uh, we, we, you know, we're allowed to call ourselves the isotopes and, and that's about the extent of it. Uh, we have met uh, our owner and myself, we've met with the Simpsons people and the Fox people uh, on numerous occasions over the years, and it's never been contentious. It's always been very amicable. They love, they love the fact that we're called the isotopes. Um, you know, we're t- I, I, uh, I love it whenever I hear of a, of a reference to the isotopes on the TV show. I don't watch the show as much as I used to back in the day, uh, but I know that a lot of people who are fans of the show are certainly big isotopes fans as well. Well, I have to say, you know, I've looked online a few times to get, you know, like a, a, a Springfield isotopes t-shirt mm-hmm. and it always comes up as Albuquerque isotopes. Like it's always the better merchandise is always for the Albuquerque isotopes. So I, I, you know, every time I've been to a game in Albuquerque, I've gotten something new for the, the collection. The one of the thank, hat that thank I actually you for supporting the, uh, the cause. Well, you know, I buy these things because I love them, but it also, you know, per your comment, it is a form of support. And this is something that other minor league baseball enthusiasts and uh, supporters online say. Uh, my friend Ed Rivera hosts a podcast called The Dad Hat Chronicles, and he's always on uh, Twitter. He's spinning his wheel of hats and and choosing which hat he's going to buy from which minor league baseball team. And, you know, he talks a lot about how supporting these teams through purchasing items through their the team store is a form of supporting small business and so that actually you know that that's a big deal to me and so my collection of of hats and uh t-shirts uh is uh i think hopefully seen as a as a support of minor league baseball i have to tell you too very early on uh in my collecting career i i have a collection of uh the little helmets that they serve ice cream in i've got about Mm -hmm. 350 little plastic helmets and very early on i just sort of wrote to some minor league teams saying hey i'm collecting these things and you know can i purchase them from your store i wrote to the isotopes and about a week later a package showed up in the mail i don't want to get anyone in trouble with you here but a package showed up in the mail with five isotopes helmets uh for the collection that they just they just donated to me so it was <laughs> the, the isotopes held a near and dear uh place in my heart for for being kind about g- donating to the helmet sunday collection well i'm glad we're part of your collection 
know, we, I think we're a part of a lot of people's collections, but um, I collect those, or I, I have collected those over my career and my life as well. And I think they're pretty cool. And I do well, follow you on social media. So I see that. Uh, I, I think that's cool that you have them all, you know, collected and displayed and you're so passionate about it. I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, I certainly appreciate that. Well, and I actually, I think I have three different isotopes helmets. Uh, and if, you know, if you were ever to do uh any of your your alternate brands, the mariachis or the green chili cheeseburgers, I would certainly get those for the collection as well. So uh, part of that is that it's such a fun brand, right? Like it really is, is a, a fun thing to have in the collection and to talk about. And when when I talk to people about minor league baseball and sort of the, the fun nicknames that are out there, the isotopes are an important example because first of all, it's a reference that you know, 99% of people out there are going to get, they're going to understand that reference to the Springfield isotopes. And it was fairly early in this new wave of, of the sort of wacky minor league baseball nickname, right? Like the fun, the fun aspect of branding, right? Like the, the isotopes came out right around the same time as maybe like the Carolina Mudcats, probably pretty close to the Portland Sea Dogs. Uh, certainly the Montgomery biscuits, like that sort of early two thousands was a time when I think minor league baseball was really discovering, Hey, there's potential here for us to craft our own identities. And you, you know, the team, the franchise was the Calgary cannons before that a fairly conservative, you know, sort of traditional nickname for a team, this unique nickname that, that debuted in Albuquerque to, you know, so much fanfare, how was it received locally? Well, if I can, interject before uh, I answer that. So the name Cannons uh, of the Calgary Ball Club was, it was spelled C-A-N-N-O-N-S and we had a cannon as, you know, prominent in the, in the logo. However, the name of that team uh, actually came from Cannon Copiers because the owner of the team owned the second largest Canon copier dealership in Canada. So uh, when he decided to buy a minor league baseball team, uh, this would have been 1985, he decided to name the team Cannons. And so a little known fact, it was actually named after photocopiers. That is a great little known fact. And it's exactly (laughs) the sort of reason I wanted to do this podcast was to learn that sort of thing. The Calgary Cannons were were named for photocopiers. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. So yeah, a little bit different. But um, so when when the uh, name of the team contest happened and uh, I remember speaking to the ownership about, you know, that, that, that they were going to go with this name isotopes. I was not, I was still in Calgary. I had not even committed to moving to Albuquerque yet. And I thought, man, that is pretty risky. You know, you've got a great name there in the Dukes uh, with all the history, et cetera. You've got some other cool names. And I thought, uh, I thought it was going to be a little bit of a, little bit of a stretch from a marketing standpoint. I was hoping certainly that it would have some stick to and it would be around for a while. Um, and then the name was announced and the logo was announced and merchandise went on sale. Mm-hmm. Um, and by Christmas of 2002, so before the first season, much like Rocket City experienced over, over their first season, which was supposed to be in 2020, but their merchandise they could not keep it in stock. And right. we experienced that very same thing back in 2002. It's like, my goodness, I think we're going to need a bigger boat. You know, it's, <laughs> it, 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 it was huge. And, you know, it was pretty basic in terms of the color schemes that we had. It was certainly black and, 
orange and red and yellow and silver that kind of you know really made up the logo um, and and certain variegated colors in there but over time um because the logo was so cool and there were so many different things that we could do with it and if you think about it we actually have two logos right we have the a logo that goes on the hat we use for so many things um but the isotopes word mark that that bubbly font that was sort of i don't know if it was simpsons-esque or simpsons inspired but that logo was actually created the two logos were created by different people um the the a logo was created by somebody here in albuquerque uh, and then the the isotopes font if you will was created by uh, a gentleman who at the time was working for uh, another team that our that our owner uh, was president of and so he was an artist and he said hey i'm gonna let me see what i can come up with so short story long the the name was i i'm gonna say it was a home run and it might have even been a two-run home run, but it, it it just it resonated with a new generation of fans. But I will tell you, there were some people that were like, "No, it needs to be the Dukes. We've always mm-hmm. been the Dukes. It has to be the Dukes." And we don't hear that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, we heard it for maybe a couple of years. But Isotopes, we just did a, a we did a good job of establishing establishing that brand, uh, being loyal to it. And we've stuck with it for all these years and the community has uh, really, really embraced us. And it's, it's been outstanding. I mean, it's, uh, it's still a different name. You don't hear of other sports teams with that name, but what we've been able to do with it from a marketing and a merchandising standpoint, it's uh, really been a great success story. Well, and that, I'm, it's actually really interesting to know uh, that it was, you know, the two different logos were created by two different people. The, the Dukes is still very much beloved, right? Like people will still share that Dukes logo and they'll say, hey, that's a, you know, this was a really great classic logo. But no one, no one is calling for the isotopes to go back to being the Dukes, right? Because the, the, like you say, the isotopes are so popular and everyone recognizes that logo as being such a, an important part of this fun minor league baseball, you know, era that we're in right now. I, I would say that, um, there's probably a, a handful of traditionalists who would love to see us change the name. Oh, sure. Um, you know, and you're always going to have that. Yeah. Um, um, and that's okay. You know, we love the passion. We love the fact that they love baseball and, mm-hmm. and they love the history. And we try to do our best to keep the history of professional baseball in this community alive. And the Dukes were, uh, gosh, a 30 year part of more than that, but 29 years as a triple A club. Um, so a lot of people, several generations of people have grown up on the Dukes and we can't, we'd be foolish if we were to ignore that or, or uh, you know, not, not acknowledge the importance of that in our community. So we do a, an annual uh, Dukes retro night and we bring in some former folks that were involved with the Dukes or professional baseball in Albuquerque. And, and we have a hall of fame here that we, that we uh, have inducted a lot of people. So the first one was Tommy Lasorda. He managed the Dukes back in 1972. So some great success on the field, great cultural success. That logo still does resonate. I grew up in Southern California. I was a Dodgers fan and an Angels fan, but I certainly knew about the Albuquerque Dukes as a young child and uh, knew about all these names of guys that would come through Albuquerque. And, and then you see them in LA and, that was kind of my first introduction into minor league baseball as a, geez, as a 
uh, gosh, I was probably before I was 10 years old, I knew about the Albuquerque Dukes. And uh, never did I think I'd end up being, being living here and being the GM of the of the Albuquerque isotopes for so long, but you never know how things are going to work out in life. Well, that's for sure. And I, so the first time I saw the isotopes, they were a Dodgers affiliate and uh, I bought a blue cap. uh, It was a Dodgers blue with the isotopes logo on it, which, you know, it's, it's one that I've, I've worn practically to death. So I might have to get (laughs) get another one. And I, I had every intention when I went down there last time of getting, you know, the black cap with the, the a logo on it. Mm -hmm. And of course I ended up getting the green chili cheeseburgers logo. So let's, Mm -hmm. let's talk if you, if you would about um, let's talk about the green chili cheeseburgers first. So this is your alternate food-based identity, which has certainly been a trend in minor league baseball to, to have, you know, to have alternate identities based on foods. You know, I think there's some debate as to whether it was the Fresno tacos or the Lehigh Valley cheesesteaks who, right. uh, who, who instituted that first, but uh, a lot of teams have been doing it. I have told people, even before you came up with this alternate identity, that the green chili cheeseburger that you all serve there is my favorite ballpark hamburger. It's a great ballpark hamburger. Yeah. So you made a um, <laughs> you made a food identity out of this concession item that you have. What was the thinking behind that? Well, the green chili cheeseburger is so unique to New Mexico, and it really is sort of the iconic state food, if you will. Um, they have green chili cheeseburger contests all over the place. Um, it's such a unique flavor. It's they really are wonderful, and um, we decided. I want to say it was gosh, maybe 2017 or so. Um, I'd have to go back and think about it and look at it. But we knew that this trend with Fresno and Lehigh Valley, um, and it might have, you might want to give a nod to Fresno on that, but I, I couldn't, um, I couldn't be 100% certain. But we thought, well, there's got to be something here locally that we can do. And so our staff, we put our heads together. And um, one of the people on our staff uh, was a involved in the PR department with Lehigh Valley a few years prior. So we got a little bit of inside information about how they went about their marketing of, uh, you know, their food identity. And we talked to Fresno and, and just like what happens now with all these identities, all these clubs, we're all talking to one another, sharing ideas, et cetera. But we thought, okay, we're going to do something that's unique to New Mexico. That's unique to us. And we do that now one time a year. Um, and we have a sponsor for it and, uh, they've been with us for a long time and it's, you know, it came on, it came on pretty fast and furious. We had a great press conference. People really enjoyed it. Um, and then we morphed over to another alternate identity with the Copa program and we called ourselves the mariachis. And I kind of felt sorry for the green chili cheeseburgers because of the success of the mariachis. It was almost like the green chili cheeseburgers in a way became a, an afterthought for some folks, but, um, but in all seriousness, we, we've done a lot with a lot of different identities in a sense, maybe we've created a little bit of an identity crisis, um, <laughs> you know, uh, probably of our, whatever we play 72 games. Um, you know, we play six mariachi games. We play one Dukes game. We play one um, uh, green chili cheeseburger game. You know, we're, we're talking, a lot of different uniforms, a lot of different names, yeah. a lot of different merchandise. And, and yep, for sure. Yeah. And I own, 
I own a mariachi's t-shirt as well. So, you know, nice. absolutely. So, well, so you mentioned the mariachis and the, the Copa de la Diversion. I apologize for my Spanish accent. I recognize <laughs> that it's not good. Uh, that means the, the fun cup uh, in Spanish and oh, it's, 90 some teams i think are participating in this program this year where you have you know spanish language identities and uh it's meant to appeal to uh you know expand fan base of uh minor league baseball teams obviously in new mexico that's a that's a natural fit uh when we were there a couple of years ago uh you know you actually had mariachi bands uh playing and it was a huge crowd and, and so obviously really it does it's it's having the effect that it's intended to i think of driving new audiences to the game well not just that the the other part of it it's not just selling tickets Mm -hmm. and 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 putting people in the ballpark it's creating something that a certain probably underappreciated segment of the demographic in this country um you know it's kind of been overlooked in a sense from a just a marketing standpoint and and just a, a cultural outreach so we work very closely with the albuquerque hispano chamber of commerce to come up with a name and a logo and a just even the in-park vibe and entertainment and atmosphere we wanted to do it in a is in a way that was as authentic as possible because otherwise if we just put like what i see happening now in the nba for example and Sometimes even in Major League Baseball, they'll do this. They just put the word Los in front of their right. their team name. And I remember my conversation with Minor League Baseball back before we, uh, when they first introduced the program to us and asked us to come up with a name, um, they said, we don't want to just put Los in front of something. We want this to be culturally relevant. We want it to be something that theoretically you could rebrand yourself as in the future. So that really weighed on our minds as we kind of started the initiative back in the late fall of 2017 and that one we did hit a grand slam and it continues to be just terrific and the atmosphere in the ballpark it's very much like a i guess like a winter league game uh you know just music and dancers and just color and and just always something going on uh, not only just between innings but uh, you know during the innings outside the stadium inside the stadium it's it's really been cool you know, working with uh, some local groups that wanted to be a part of it. They bring in the lowriders for a parade around the warning track before a game or and also park the cars outside the stadium for people to come and look at and take pictures with. We've done food competitions. We've done Rito competitions. Just so many things that we that we do to, to really hype up that atmosphere. It's really cool. And so if people have not been to a mariachi's game, I would highly recommend checking one out. It was cool to experience when we were there in person for it. Like I said, I've been to two Isotopes games, one rain out and one mariachis game. I want to get back. I looked it up, by the way, that Isotopes in Spanish is Isotopos, I guess. And so you could have been Los Isotopos. But uh, I think mariachis, you know, going a completely different direction was a, a fun way to do that for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we uh, that was a real important one. I mean, we talked about a lot of different names and just, you know, just being a, a Spanish translation of our normal name was not going to accomplish what we wanted to accomplish and i think it would have it wouldn't have been nearly as successful and you know the thing that i really believe strongly about is uh you don't want to do too many uh-huh. you want to keep it you want to keep it um, special so we even debated is, is six too many one a month you know mm-hmm. when we first started i think we did four um we only do one duke's night we only do one green chili cheeseburgers night um 
there's a lot of people that say, oh, you should have every Wednesday be, right. uh, you know, Duke's night or something like that. Well, you know, it would not resonate as deeply, I think, with people. Um, as, as, you know, you do it once, you do it on a weekend, you put on fireworks or have a giveaway or have some other promotion with it. It really makes it a, a special outing that people can look forward to. Sure. Well, and yeah, and you make it a special event because your primary brand is still one of the most popular, if not the most popular. You know, I mean, I always see those rankings of the top 25, you know, minor league mm-hmm. baseball teams in terms of merchandise sales. They don't rank them one to 25. So you don't know who's at the top, but I assume, I mean, I always see the isotopes on that list. I assume you're near the top every year. That's why we're, our name starts with a, that's why we're at the top. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> that is fair. Um, I, I assume that there would never be any conversation. You see teams rebrand a lot. I assume there would never be any conversation about changing this team name. This one's here to stay for, for a long time. Yes. Uh, well, I've been here for 20 years and we've not had that conversation, so I okay. don't see it. I don't see it being high on the uh, priority list for sure, because isotopes, it still resonates. It's still relevant. Um, yeah. And, and uh, now you're into another generation of fans, right? Right. Um, people bringing their kids to games uh, who were just toddlers when, when we started back in 2003. So um, it's, it's kind of cool. Now people have grown up on isotopes, just like people grew up on the Dukes and uh, yeah. I, it's got staying power. It was never, a thought to just kind of be a one hit wonder and change it after three years or whatever. Isotopes is still a, a pretty strong name. Well, I'll tell you, if you ever did think about changing the name, you would find me chained up in center field on a hunger strike. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it would be hungry, hungry, Paul, instead of hungry, hungry, Homer. I did. There was one other thing I wanted to touch on uh, before I let you go here, which is, that the nickname Isotopes is fun because there was, you know, a random connection. I mean, it seems like that Simpsons episode, they probably picked Albuquerque kind of at random um, because it's a fun name to say. And and the, the line that Homer has in the middle of it, uh, uh, you know, when he's realizing, you know, hey, they really were planning on moving the team. He's, he's finding the concession items and he finds one with uh, mesquite grilled onions, jalapeno relish and mango lime salsa. And he says, that's the kind of bold flavor they enjoy in Albuquerque. And everyone goes, ah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so, I mean, you know, and I just think that's hilarious. I love that. But one of the other things that make this makes this name appropriate, and you referenced it earlier on in our conversation, is that there is a culture of science in Albuquerque. Um, oh, yeah. You have uh, what I, you called it the National Labs. I've, I've called it the Sandia Laboratories. Um, mm-hmm. I assume there's a, an official name that we're both sort of skirting around. But the, the nickname, is that appreciated by fans, do you think, in Albuquerque, that there is this connection to science in general in Albuquerque? Well, for sure. And we actually, um, we have tried and, and we're going to continue to try to develop it, but a real tie with science and education and, and tie in with not only Sandia National Labs, but Los Alamos National Labs, which isn't too far away. Um, you know, we did a science night in 2019, I think it was, and it had all the makings of being a, just a terrific night, a uh, lot of energy. I kind of said that. Uh, I didn't mean that to be a pun, but it's true. <laughs> um, but any, anyhow, that game was, ended up getting rained out. So we were all, or at least we had like a three-hour rain delay. So that kind of took the wind out of the sails of that one. But you know what? It's uh, we, we do have great connections with the National Labs and, and uh, the science 
community here uh, is all about it. So that's kind of cool. But I wanted to, before we, uh, before we got too far off topic about this, something came to mind when you were talking about that Simpsons episode. Well, if you beam back maybe 10 years prior to that particular episode, when the name Isotopes was first introduced um, in, in uh, the episode, uh, one, I can't remember, I can't remember offhand. It might've been Dancing Homer. Okay. The, that, that kind of iconic episode from the early 90s. Well, sure. that, that episode was co-created by a gentleman by the name of Ken Levine. And Ken Levine, was formerly a minor league baseball announcer, went on to be a very, well, I, he started as a Hollywood writer. He's written episodes of MASH and Cheers. And um, his, his, his resume is, uh, is, is, is dotted with all kinds of successes and awards for all the shows that he's been part of. Anyhow, he went through a phase in the early 90s when he was a minor league radio uh, minor league baseball radio broadcaster and one of the teams or he was in the international league and they used to go through norfolk norfolk virginia and call the tides games and he became friendly with dave rosenfield dave rosenfield was the longtime general manager of the norfolk tides so if you watch the episode where ken levine created the name isotopes um, springfield isotopes uh, his team was playing, or that team was playing the Capital City Bombers in a game. And, and there was, I think that's the, somehow, I can't remember exactly, but Homer, I believe, had to go into the general manager or the owner's office of the Capital City Bombers. And because of the relationship that Ken Levine had with Dave Rosenfield, if you look quickly on the door, the name Rosenfield is on the door of that office. So Dave, <laughs> so they cast Dave as the, the president and GM of the, of the Capital City Bombers. Um, he was involved with the name Isotopes, obviously, because of that. And 10 years later, reality, fiction became reality. And, and uh, uh, you know, it was kind of life imitating art, I guess, where Dave Rosenfield, who was uh, a dear friend, I ended up writing his autobiography for him. Um, but he was involved in the naming of the isotopes. He was involved in the building of Isotopes Park, and a lot of the cool designs that we've had here. And then Ken Levine, who was a play-by-play -play or a, a, a talk show host with the Dodgers pre and post game, ended up um, working with a gentleman by the name of Josh Sushan. And Josh is our radio announcer um, who came to us from the Dodgers uh, pre and post game show when we were looking for a broadcaster back in 2014. So if you, if you let your mind stretch a little bit, all of this is connected in some, in some awesome way. And, and uh, we're just trying to stay out of the way because what we've got going on is pretty cool. And well, and I have to say Ken Levine, I recognize that name because he threw out a first pitch. I think the very first first pitch, right. At an Albuquerque isotopes game. No, the, the very first pitch was uh, Governor Bill Richardson back oh, okay. back in 2003. But Ken did throw out a first pitch. He was he came to visit his here, I don't know, sometime <laughs> in the last five or six years. And we had a little media scrum with him to introduce him as the person that invented the name Isotopes as far as the baseball team. And, and uh, we try to give him a lot of notoriety because he deserves it. That's uh, that I love that story. I mean, that what an amazing story, an amazing connection to that Simpsons episode. I've got to go watch uh, the, the the episode where uh, Dancing Homer, it's called. That's, I'll have yeah. to look that up. 
Well, John, thank you so much. This has been such a blast for me. And I love, I love hearing all these stories. I love learning even more about this nickname that I knew <laughs> was out there to learn. So it's, uh, these conversations are so much fun for me. I appreciate you coming on on a very early episode. You'll be the first team featured in, in Baseball by Design. So I certainly appreciate that. And I can't Thanks, wait Paul. to get back to Albuquerque for uh, another game. We look forward to seeing it. Hi there, friends. It's me, Paul, again. Back in 2018, I attended an Albuquerque Isotopes game on a night when they were playing as the Mariachis, and I had the privilege of appearing on their pregame show hosted by Josh Suchan, who John Traub mentioned during our interview. And the team has graciously allowed me to include that interview here on this podcast. So without further ado, here is my 2018 appearance on the Albuquerque Isotopes pregame show. We're back here inside the plaza, game two of this four-game series between Sacramento and Albuquerque. Tonight, the isotopes transform to the Mariachis de Nuevo Mexico. And as we continue with the Bank of the West on Deck show, we're joined now by Paul Caputo. He writes for sportslogos.net. He's written a book called The Story Behind the Nickname, so he is the perfect expert to talk about this transformation. Paul, let me ask you, starting by this, when you see a new logo, what do you analyze first? Well, the first thing I'm looking for is a connection to the local community. Um, that's the thing I want to say. I mean, you want it to be visually appealing, which the, the Mariachi's logo is fantastic in that regard. Um, but I, w with every new identity, the temporary ones, the permanent changes, I really want something to have a connection to the local community. So when you see Mariachi's, both the story behind it and also the actual design, what stands out to you as an expert in this? Well, the first thing that I noticed is that it's a little bit complicated in terms of the, Mari the, the name Mariachi's the connection to the sort of Day of the Dead themed visual brand, uh, both of them obviously relating to Mexico, uh, but to me, you know, I really liked the way they made that that sort of nuanced connection between, okay, the Mariachi's name is fun, it's interesting, it's going to be a great atmosphere here tonight, and then the Day of the Dead connection with the, the visual brand, the, the, the Katrine skull, uh, I think it's a fantastic connection, I think it's, it's visually appealing, it's edgy, obviously there's a connection to New Mexico. Uh, so to me, the this is this is there's a reason that this has been one of the more successful temporary brands. Well, there's a lot of different teams in all a lot of different sports that are giving you a lot to write about. What do you make just big picture about so many teams transforming themselves for a night or for a few nights? I think it's definitely the way minor league baseball is going. I mean, if you looked at you know, if you look at the trends in minor league baseball, it starts with, you know, the teams are, they're just there as farm clubs. They exist so that, you know, they can be called the, the such and such Cubs, the such and such Tigers, whatever. Um, and then brands, the, these teams, they start noticing that, hey, if we call ourselves something different, we can maybe sell a little bit extra merchandise and we can maybe connect to the community. And so, you know, you get the bulls, you get the mud hens. Um, and then, you know, it just sort of escalated from there, uh, I think, that it got a little more interesting. It got a little uh, sort of more off the wall. You start getting New Orleans baby cakes. You start getting El Paso chihuahuas. You start getting Akron rubber ducks, Lehigh Valley iron pigs. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. So the trend was not just to be different from what we were before, but crazier than anything that was ever out there before with any minor league team. And now that trend has even transcended, you know, we're going to be a really crazy name, but we're going to be a different crazy name every weekend almost, it seems. Um, and so I think with minor league baseball, that's really where we've ended up now. Right now we're entrenched in this trend of the temporary rebrands 
Uh, and I think it's great. I think it's totally fun. And listen, I was in the team store for 20 minutes earlier and dropped 150 bucks. So, so you know, I'm not immune to it. Cha-ching! <laughs> this is the Bank of the West on Deck Show. We're visiting with Paul Caputo from SportsLogos.net. And again, he wrote a book called The Story Behind the Nickname. What made you decide to want to follow this beat to write about this, write books about this, and now do videos about this? To be honest, uh, I'm a Phillies fan. And when I, in 2008, when their AAA team became the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, I thought, what's that about? You know, what's, what's an iron pig? And I researched it a little bit. Eastern Pennsylvania, obviously, the, they've got the steel mills there. They forge pig iron. Pig iron, you invert it, you get the iron pigs. And I thought, that's interesting. And as the Phillies' fortunes declined, I needed somewhere to expend my, my, my baseball fandom energy. Uh, and I started looking at these new teams as they were coming up. Uh, and wondering what is the connection and so I would call the teams I would talk to the designers and I and I said you know why why are you guys called what you're called and uh, there was always an interesting story I've learned more about small-town America by interviewing uh, front office personnel designers uh, players about why minor league teams are called what they're called and it's been a really fascinating exercise for me and so the book has a hundred different articles in it and each one is a different you know sort of amazing thing that I learned about small town america all right paul thanks so much for your time welcome to albuquerque and enjoy yourself tonight thank you josh i'm looking forward to it still more to get to on the bank of the west on deck show when we come back we'll look around the rockies organization inside the rockies is next this is isotopes baseball and mariachi's baseball on 95.9 fm and am 610 the sports animal whoa everybody it's the surprise post title sequence i am with chris smith coordinator of current science programming at the North Carolina Museum of Natural Sciences. And we have brought Chris in because we have this burning question, which is what actually is an isotope? So, so Chris, you're at a science museum, you're an educator, your craft is communicating science to, to visitors at your, at your museum. Can you please tell us what in the world is an isotope? Well, it's, uh, it's great to be here. Can I tell people what an isotope is? Uh, I can try. I think of isotopes as different flavors, but of the same kind of a food, or maybe different uh, colors of the same kind of t-shirt. So the t-shirt is the same shape, the same size, but you can get it in lots of different colors. Take an atom, any atom off of the periodic table elements. Let's okay. pick a good one, oxygen. Everybody likes oxygen. Who doesn't like oxygen? There you go. The oxygen that we are normally talking about, the one that we breathe, has eight protons in its nucleus and 10 neutrons. Now, because the protons are positively charged and the neutrons are neutrally charged, the eight and the 10 all balance out. There's no problem. We call that O18, eight and 10. O18 is an isotope of oxygen. It's oxygen that we all know and love oxygen right there on the periodic table, but this different number of neutrons in the nucleus makes it an isotope. There can be an O17, an O16, an O15. Eventually, we'll get to a point where the nucleus of the atom is either stable or unstable, which is where we get into this idea of radioactivity. And so this is why Homer Simpson working in a nuclear power plant, which is the centerpiece of Springfield, 
we're going to say Oregon. I think that that's where we settled that the, the Simpsons is finally uh, is set. Oh, okay. Homer Simpson in the nuclear power plant, the, the local team is called the isotopes because of not the stable ones, not 018, but the, the unstable ones where the numbers start to get a little wacky. There you have it. Normally when we're talking about things like nuclear power, we're talking about the element uranium. Mm-hmm. And then we're talking about the unstable isotopes. So the unstable characteristics of uranium, which normally means that the protons and the neutrons aren't balancing out. So to try to find balance, that atom is releasing energy. That's the radioactive part. Unfortunately for an atom like uranium, it won't become stable. So it just keeps changing forms until it turns into a completely different atom altogether. So it's releasing so much energy that it it can't even remain uranium. So eventually the number of protons in the nucleus will change, and then you have a completely different element, like uh, lead. Uh, I actually think it would be, based on your comments here, I think a really good promotional night for the Albuquerque Isotopes would be to do an unstable isotopes night. And the players just run in opposite directions. And they like they have to spin around 10 times on the bat, like before they they come up to bat and they have to come up all dizzy. And uh, I I think that we've opened the door to some really great promotional items. You know, there's a lot of opportunity, just things that glow. (laughs) Things that glow. That's a great promotional night for a baseball team right there. Uh, Chris, thank you for being uh, part of the very first uh, Marvel comic universe style post title sequence. People have often said uh, here in our third episode that baseball by design is the Marvel comic universe of baseball graphic design podcasts. So thank you for being part of that. Where, where can we find you and where can we find the museum on social media? Okay. People can find me on Instagram. I'm at NVED Chris, E-N-V-E-D-C-H-R-I-S. Short for environmental educator. That's it. Okay, very good. And then how about the museum? Definitely folks should follow the museum at Natural Sciences. Fantastic. Thank you, Chris. And uh, hey, go Topes. Go Topes. So hungry.